Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If you have your Bibles with you today, I'm going to ask you to join me in the book of Genesis chapter 14. I'm going to begin reading at the 14th verse down through verse number 16. And I want to preach this morning from my heart for just a few moments. And I hope to challenge all of us by the word of God. His word can uh, uproot us and move us forward. And I pray that it will do that today. In the book of Genesis 14 and 14, the scripture says, And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. I want to speak this morning for just a little bit from this subject, a battle worth fighting. I believe that we are engaged in a battle that is worth fighting. If I could tell you something today, it's worth your time and your effort and your energy. And if I could just rewind time just a, just a little bit today, I would tell you that we are here because someone before us agreed that this is a battle worth fighting for. Someone prayed for us when we didn't have the power to pray for ourselves or maybe not even aware that we needed prayer, but somebody was calling our name and interceding for us. In, the, in this passage, Abram goes to war. He goes to battle uh, primarily to redeem his nephew, Lot. Um, and there were others that were taken captive, but I believe that was the catalyst behind it all. But there were others, and I don't want to discount that, but from this passage and with the help of the Lord, I want to bring perhaps the context of this scripture into today's setting. And so as we take a, clo a closer look at this chapter, I believe that we will see just a few things. I want to underline them. I hope to undergird them, if I may. I want to, to reiterate the fact that there is a battle. There is a spiritual war. We are facing spiritual warfare in high places as we speak. Amen. There is a battle. In verses 1 through 12 of this chapter, it speaks of the war of four kings and a fatal mistake. The four kings and a fatal mistake. That mistake was the fact that in the eyes of Abraham, they had touched that that belonged to him, and that was Lot. Amen. This is really background information. These verses are, are really needed to set up the unfolding of the verses that follow them. It wasn't some grand conquest to build a kingdom 
This was not just the mere uh, powers of men on display, but this was little more than just armed robbery. Somebody had come in and stolen that that belonged to someone else. There's a reason for all this. Amen. There is a lesson, I believe, in all this as well. I believe that there is a difference between being with sinners and being identified with sinners. We are in this world, but not of this world. There has to be a clear and distinct line that is drawn. Albeit thin at times, there must be a line because the line makes the difference. I believe that we're certainly supposed to, uh, to be with and around those that are unsaved. Otherwise, they will have no chance of having someone to help bridge the gap between they and the Lord. Nevertheless, it's one thing to be around and among sin and yet another thing to embrace sin. I believe that I can speak for many, if not all of us, who have struggled at times trying to figure out how to navigate around certain situations that present themselves in our life. We want to stay connected to people, but we certainly do not want to endorse their behavior. I'm not alone in that, am I? Amen, somewhere trying to ask God for the wisdom and the power to help us find the balance in all of that. Jude warns us very solemnly how that we are to be in the world and yet not of the world. In Jude 20, the scripture says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. In verse 22, he says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. Verse 23, And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Another translation of Jude 23, I want to share this with you today. Jude says, Rescue others, by snatching them from the flames of judgment. There are still others to whom you need to show mercy, but be careful that you are not contaminated by their sins. Amen. John, John warned us of how, how careful and delicate we must handle some situations and about how when you bid God speed to some things and some situations that you become a partaker of their sin or their evil deeds. And so I say, Lord, help us to know how to thread our way through all of this and say, God, we want to love the sinner and yet still abhor sin. I want to reach with craftiness. I want to reach with diligence. I want to reach with intention, but I don't want to ever be misunderstood as laying my hand of approval on something that is biblically, scripturally, morally, or ethically wrong. I say, oh God, help me to realize that we are engaged in a battle, and it is a battle worth fighting for. Lot went into the middle of Sin City and took up residence. If, we, if it weren't for the testimony of the word of God itself, we could question that motive and we may question the heart of Lot. However, in his second epistle, Simon Peter penned these words. He said of Lot that Lot was a righteous man deeply bothered by the sin that was around him. And so here was a man in Sin City 
But thankfully, Simon Peter reminds us that he was righteous and troubled by the sin that was around him. However, when the war came, when the battle came, because he had put himself in a bad and a wrong position, he meant he was outnumbered and he was alone in his righteousness, if I may put it that way. Sadly, Lot was swept away into the same captivity that the ungodly and the unrighteous were carried into. And this was a warning to light and it ought to serve as a warning to us I don't know how many times my mother told me when I was in trouble if you hadn't have been there you know the problem was not what happened amen well the problem was what happened but the, the real big problem was the fact that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and if you just hadn't been there and I believe the Lord could have been looking at Lot and saying if you had not been where you were then you wouldn't have been swept up amen and so in those moments when we have all found ourselves and you don't have to get up and run around the building or even raise your hand but in those moments when we've all found ourselves where we didn't belong aren't you thankful that you had somebody around around you, somebody in your life, somebody that could reach for you, somebody that would not be off put by your hand raised to say no, somebody that would not be off put by building a wall and, and trying to push you away, they just simply didn't make it a physical argument, they make it an argument of prayer, amen I'm going to intercede on your behalf I'm going to call your name when you're not listening, amen I'm going to pray in the stillness of the night, I'm going to build a bridge from where I I am to where you are. I am thankful for the church. I'm thankful for the church. I need you and you need me. Furthermore, we need every man, woman, boy, and girl that is a part of the church, amen, to protect us in this hostile world. You never know when God is going to lay it on the heart of someone to pray for you and call you by name to intercede for you. And so I will also admonish those on the other side of that question. Don't just fluff your pillow and roll over if God wakes you in the middle of the night. You may not know what that individual's facing. You may not know what they are standing against in that very moment. And so I say, Lord, help me to be an intercessor, not just a recipient of intercessory prayer, but help me to be an intercessor. Why? Because souls, it's a battle that is worth fighting. It is a battle worth engaging ourselves in. We are truly strangers in a strange land. I've often stated and will continue to do so that I thank God for the structure of the Lord's Prayer. It starts out with our Father reminding us that we are a small, a small part of a large family of God. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters that I worship with on a weekly basis. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters that I get to see occasionally in our functions and our fellowship. I'm thankful for our brothers and sisters that we only see every few years here and there. But I'm also thankful for those that I've never had the privilege to meet. I'm, I don't know their name. Amen. But I'm thankful for the family of God. And yes, we are pilgrims. Yes, we are strangers. Amen. Amen. On this earth, we're just traveling, we're just traveling through. Amen. I want you to understand. I don't want to drive my tent stakes down so deep that when the Lord said it's time to go, I don't want to have a long and like Lot's wife. I don't want to have something attached in my heart like his wife that said, I want to look back one more time. This world 
holds nothing. The old song said, I don't want nothing here to hinder me. I want my life to be what he'd have it be. Hallelujah. And when my, when my earth's journey is done, I pray that I will receive that blessed hope. Amen. That the apostle Paul and so many others talked about. We are passing through. But as long as we're here, we must understand this. We are engaged in a spiritual battle. This is a reality. We need to gather together. We need to worship together. We need to pray together. And we need to encourage one another. Hallelujah. Encouragement goes so far. It goes so far. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 and 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Woe to him that is alone when he falleth. Can I tell you today, you don't have to fall alone. We are a part of the family of God. Hallelujah, we're a part of the family of God. Another important lesson we find in all of this is that you and I, every member of the family of God is called to this battle. It's not that there is a battle going on and somebody else is responsible for the outcome or the engagement. Someone is responsible, somebody else is responsible for making sure everything goes right. There is a battle and we're called to that battle. We are a part of this. The Bible says in verses 13 and 14 that Abram gave chase northward, chasing them to Dan. In verses 15, 16, and 17, Abram wins the battle and he brings back all the reward and all the people. Abraham, or Abram, did two specific things to help ensure this, the victory of this battle. First, the Bible lets us know that he partnered with people that could help him win. I want to tell you that it matters. It matters who is in your circle of influence. You need to partner with people that can help us win. And if you look at verse 13, you discover that three men, that allies, that were allies, uh, uh, that Abraham pulled into this battle were men that were his allies. Abraham had made some strategic partners and he had formed some strategic partnerships. Amen, I'm thankful for the people in my life. Someone told me years ago, I didn't create this statement, I, didn't, I wasn't the author of this, but I have repeated it many, many times. If you will show me your friends today, we can show you your future. And I will tell you, I wanna make sure that I've got the right people in my life. I wanna strategically plan who I allow to get close to me. Why? Because I'm engaged in a battle and I want to win this battle because it's a battle worth fighting. This is an engagement that is worth being involved in. Abraham also took with him 300 of his own men and they were a force to be reckoned with. I believe the lesson is clear that we need to find ways and to have strategic partners in our life in order to win people and win this world. Amen. We have a message of hope. You hear me today. We have a message of hope that works and that's why we need a strategic plan and not just come put a sign in the yard and hope people find us. But we need to have a plan 
Amen. We need to know how to reach someone and how to propagate the gospel on a weekly basis. I don't want to come in and somebody find us trying to scratch our head about what we're going to do. We need to be intentional about what we're doing. The second thing Abraham did was his ability to be cunning. He divided his forces and he struck at night. We are in this battle for the souls of men. Hear me today. And we had better be strategic in our plan, in our battle plan. Satan has come and waged a war like never before on this world, taking the world captive. And his intent, if you know anything about the scripture, his intent, his love and desire would that the world would worship him. And that's what's going on during the tribulation period with the Antichrist. The book of Revelation is a prophecy about how Satan will ultimately try to make himself equal with God by securing the world to himself. But I'm going to tell you, we have read the back of the book and we know how it all ends because not only is Satan going to lose, but he's going to lose and then some because Jesus is going to set up his kingdom and he will rule and reign forever. Hallelujah. And ultimately, Satan himself is going to be thrown into a lake of fire forever. I will tell you today, this is a battle worth engaging yourself in. It's not time to fold our arms and be passive. It is not time to be trying to look at the gate and over the fence, peer at the edge and walk the line and see how close to the world we can get. This is not time to try to experiment with this or that. I want to call the church to arms today. Amen. We need to settle in our heart. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. We need to settle in our heart. Amen. That I must be repent of my sins and I must be baptized in water for the remission of my sins and I must receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and when I receive that power of the spirit of God in my life. It is going to be evidence according to the word of God. Amen. I am going to speak with other tongues as the spirit of God gives utterance. But I can't end there. I can't stop there. I can't put a period there. I need to travel on through the epistles and let the apostle Paul and other writers tell me how I got to live and how I got to separate myself from the world. Amen. We need to look different. We need to different because we are different hallelujah not because of a mandate of the church not because of the mandate of a man but because of the mandate of thus saith the word of God I want to be different not on Sunday I don't want to just be different on Wednesday but I need to walk into my place of employment and let the Holy Ghost shine hallelujah hallelujah why because I'm engaged in a battle that is worth fighting for. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I am engaged in something worth fighting for. Our children need us. Amen, another generation that has never walked through the doors of an apostolic church need us. Amen, they don't need us playing patty cake with the world. They don't need us playing footsies with the devil under the table. Amen, they need to be born into a red hot revival fire. Amen, just like the day of Pentecost, they need to understand that we are offering them more than testimonies of yesterday.
yesterday and yesteryear, but you can walk into the church house today and the power of the Holy Ghost that was in the upper room is gonna be right here at 503 Southeast Ephesian Road. It's gonna be here when we gather because we weren't just thinking about church at church time. Hallelujah. We are engaged in a battle that is worth fighting. Amen. You see, Satan sinned himself by wanting to be like God, and that was bad. And then he led one-third of the angels, and that was even worse. But when he entered the Garden of Eden, and he saw that Adam and Eve were made in the image of God, And he deceived God's elect into sinning. He had messed with God for the last time. You see, it's bad to sin and it's even worse to to convince others to sin. But when you go head on head with God, that's foolish. Amen. When you go head to head with God and his word, that is a foolish thing. Amen. These men made a very foolish mistake. They came, wiped out sinful people, but they also took Lot. And when they took Lot, as far as Abram was concerned, they sealed their fate. In the same way, when Satan led Adam and Eve into sin, he took his own damnation into his hands. It was a very bold move for Abram to take 300 men and and do battle with four kings, especially under the circumstances Abraham was brave, but he was not foolish. He was wise. As I mentioned a moment ago, he divided his troops and attacked at night because he wanted to ensure himself the win. And so what we can take away from this, I hope today is this, is that we must not only be bold, but we must be strategic as well. Because I've met some bold, pardon me, but I have met some bold, foolish people. So it is not enough to just be bold. We need to be bold, but strategic in our courage. Amen. We need to consider the strategies that are available to us to win the world. While not fighting, we are not fighting, of course, a, a natural battle of blood and death we are certainly fighting for the souls of men and that war that battle demands that we use every tool and every means available to us our modern military would never consider going back to the weaponry of the civil war in order to defeat today's enemy why we would consider that the most foolish move in history to step over all of the technology that we have to just go back to those antique methods, antiquated efforts. And so I say to the church today that never before, ever before has the church been more equipped with tools 
to reach people. Abram pursued and engaged the enemy in battle because he was reaching for his flesh and blood. He was planning, thinking, preparing, mobilizing. And so he had a plan because there was lives on the line. And so I ask ourselves this question today. What are we willing to do to save those around us? We can't just randomly attack and and hope that our victories will all work out. We've got to have a plan if we're going to win. Study to show thyself approved. That's what Paul said to Timothy. And so if we are going to sit down to try to lead someone somewhere, we must go there ourselves first because you can't lead someone where you have never been. This is a war and we are called to battle. But hear me today, God is in charge of the results and we can rest. (laughs) We can rest in that. Melchizedek, whose name means king of righteousness, and the king of Salem, whose name means peace. He was also a priest and came, and he blessed Abraham. And in verse 20, Abraham gives Melchizedek 10% of everything that he gained in this battle, everything he brought home. This single act and this single section contains what is taught, what is we might refer to as a type of Christ. It's clear in the Old Testament demonstration of who Jesus Christ is because Melchizedek here, a type of Christ. What we know of him is true of Jesus. According to Hebrews 7, verses 2 and 3, the writer of Hebrews says, he is the king of righteousness and the prince of peace and he will rule from Jerusalem without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. He remains a priest forever. But the lesson really comes from our text in Genesis, verses 22, 23, and 24. And I I will close with this. Our musicians would like to come. The king of Sodom tried to give Abram money, but Abram said, no, no, no. I'll have nothing to do with that. But Abram, I can make you a very famous man. I can make you a wealthy man. And it's right here that Abram did what I'm talking about today. He said, I'm going to separate myself. I've got to draw a line right here. And here's why. He refused the reward. Even though he had a legal right to keep it, he could have. But he said, I don't want anybody in this world thinking you are the man who made me. And if I take one thing from you, even down to a shoe latchet, if I take one thing from you, you will say you are who made me, and it is God who made me. Amen. Are you hearing me today? Amen. We have got to decide who we will allow to crown us. I want to have the respect of our community when I walk down the street. I certainly do. I want our friends and neighbors and and people that I interact with and to a large degree every day represent you. I want them to think well of us. But I got to make sure I keep a line 
Because if anything good ever happens on this piece of ground, it will be because God did it. Not because man will later say, I did that. I've got to make sure there's a clear and distinct line between the church and the world. I can't just do that as a leader. We all bear that responsibility. I'm going to ask you to stand. Many years ago, I, I can't even remember the setting, but I made note of this. Many years ago, Brother Paul Mooney was speaking at a one of our meetings, and he was referring to some of the young men and and the young women that are in Bible college, not necessarily just talking about IBC, but men and women, young men and women who were in Bible college. And he made this comment. He said, they are there following the call of God on their lives. He said, they chose to be there despite scholarships that could have led them in another direction. Then he made this comment. And in doing so, they decided who would crown them. <laughs> I'm not speaking against higher education. I hope you know that. But he said, these young men and women have decided who they're going to allow to crown them. And so if we have all the achievements in the world, and we leave mankind be dazzled at all of our education and all of our accomplishments and all of the titles, but we have lost our soul in the process, then we have let the, long, the wrong person crown us. Amen. There is a war. We're called to be in it. Join this war with me, would you? Because the souls of men are at stake and I beg of you to use every tool available. We need to make allegiances and we need to be strategic and we need to bring people back. You see, Abram wasn't just going to get people. He want, his goal was to get them back home alive. Amen. Alive. And so let's trust God with the results of our labor because you see what this world can offer us in the end is all going to fade away. It won't matter. It won't matter. I am not trying to repeat myself, nor am I trying to just sound crass today. But if you stroll down the hallway of the hospice house this afternoon, the men and women who are there are not worried about the, cap, the price of gasoline. They have no concern about what the stock market's doing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how their CDs are doing. It doesn't matter how the investments are doing. They're not worried about how many deeds in the courthouse file cabinet bear their name. That will mean nothing. There's just one question. There's just one thing that matters here. Is your soul right with God? Oh, church, hear me today. Hear me today. Amen. Hear me today. I don't want to have been guilty of going my whole life and associating with people and never talking to them 
about what God has done in my life. You see, people expect me to do that. Can I be honest with you? They expect me to do that because I'm a preacher. But they need you to do it because you know them. You know them. You work with them every day. They're in your family. They're part of your life. Amen. We're in a battle that's worth winning. It's worth fighting. It's worth being engaged. Amen. Would you just love the Lord with us today? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, mighty God. Thank you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.